A scattered dream that's like a far-off memory. A far-off memory that's like a scattered dream. I want to line the pieces up. Because apparently this game starts in a computer and half the characters aren't supposed to exist. Welcome to Gotta Memorize, the Kingdom Hearts recap podcast, trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Might even figure out what's going on, maybe. My name's Joe. I'm joined as always by Wheels. What go what ba, 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 ba. what's going on, Wheels? <laughs> Lost myself in the in the end there. Not much. What I'm about to say probably sounds like it's not related, but you'll find by the end of my rant that it is related. My mother-in-law recently got a uh, an iPad for uh, Mother's Day, but she already had like an older uh, model of it, so she has uh, kindly given the uh, her old iPad to me, and so that means two things for our show. Number one, it means that I actually can have my notes not on the same computer screen that I have uh, my recording setup open, so I can look at my notes more easily, and two... It means that since I'm writing my notes on a device that has autocomplete, we have stepped into a whole new world of typos in my notes. Um, you're about to hear a lot about the adventures of Sora as he tries to save his friends Carrie and Ricky. <laughs> oh, this is gonna um, be good. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun here. You got an iPad. I got a second monitor. We're leveling up in the world of podcasting yep. professionalism. Yeah. Thanks, patrons, even though you didn't do the iPad thing. No. <laughs> I don't think my mother-in-law is a patron of our program. Is that? I mean, I mean she is in her own way. <laughs> it all works out in the end. Uh, we're getting into the real shit this episode. But not right away. <laughs> no, we're, we are going to take one last stop uh, in the 100 Acre Wood, put those last lost pages to use um, before we wrap up the story of Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, doesn't look like Jet Monkey HD did it, or at least didn't publish it onto his YouTube channel. I watched. I don't. Uh, I already closed it, so I can't shout out whoever did it. Um, but it was. I, th- I just searched it, so it might be the first thing that comes up when you search KH Two Hundred Acre Wood. It was awkwardly zoomed in. It looked like it was from a theater mode, which I didn't know KH Two had. Oh, I. We must have watched different. I, I shout out to YouTube user Shadow Kurosu, mm. who I watched, who just had a nice. No commentary, let's play, hanging out there. Yeah, there's, there's no commentary on this one either. I got the essentials, I guess. Which we're pretty much only going to go over the essentials because mm-hmm. the, there's so much plot to cover in the rest of this episode. I do want to say that my very first note says that uh, Pooh is in a clearing with some tree stumps. Gopher pops up and says, it's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> uh, and then That's good. <laughs> Pooh, it's Wednesday, my dudes. You are you okay? That's how that vine goes. What is that? What? <laughs> that's that's what Gopher does. He goes down the hole and he screams. Um, Pooh wants to wish everybody a happy Wednesday, but he doesn't. He doesn't have any friends. Yeah, he doesn't remember anybody. As you as we 
As you might remember, dear listener, when we last saw Pooh, he couldn't remember Sora, and now we see that uh, he says he wants to wish everyone a happy Wednesday. Oh, bother. Who is everyone? That's not a Pooh voice, but you know. I Yeah, he doesn't even know who anybody is. Well, that, all right, so here's the thing that's been in my brain for, God, how many? I was in high school, so that's about like five, eighteen hundred years. And uh, it came up the, when I did the first play test of Interstitial uh, because someone did play as Winnie the Pooh. And they were like, how do I nail a Winnie the Pooh voice? And I said, have you seen The Dark Knight Rises? Uh, and they said, yes. And I said, so do the Bane voice, but don't cover your mouth. Oof. So it's Bane, but like not in a jar. The fire rises. <laughs> That's not Winnie the Pooh. You're not doing the right Bane voice. I guess. Uh, I was molded by the honey. <laughs> See, there it is. I don't think I don't think it works. It works. It's um, perfectly fine. Anyways, what? So we see Sora walking through the woods, heading his way downtown, and he gets uh, headshotted by a honey pot in the wind. And uh, yeah. then we see Piglet also flying through the wind, and they catch into a tree. Uh, and I imagine a mini game goes here. I didn't see it. Sorry, this is the music that plays, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a mini game. There are a whole bunch of mini games that we'll skip. Um, I do want to note that so Sora saves Piglet from the wind, and then he gets stuck in the tree again, and he's about to get blown, and he gets blown by the wind again. And this time, Sora and Pooh both go to save him by playing a mini game. But before they do that. Piglet just says, goodbye, Sora, goodbye, Pooh. Like, he just <laughs> resigns to his fate in a way that uh, I think shows a profound acceptance of reality that perhaps uh, any character in this franchise could learn a lot from. <laughs> but it's okay. Piglet makes it. Jumps out of that tree. Sora's going to catch him. Uh, but they fall on Pooh instead. Pooh refers to Piglet uh, as their friend Piglet, who is very brave. Because now he remembers him. Does not remember Sora, though. That's right. Basically, we wash, rinse, and repeat that same scene, but for all of Pooh's friends. Are you okay skipping? Yeah, I mean, let me... Most of that? There's a, there's a scene where Pooh descends from the heavens on a balloon uh, and destroys Eeyore's house. And then we go... Th- That's... Yeah. Yeah, and then we go through the thing where eventually there's some mini games and he remembers Eeyore and then Rabbit. He gets stuck in the hole again in Rabbit's house and then falls from the sky again when they throw him out of it. Uh, but he just keeps gradually remembering his friends as yep. Sora continues to play mini games. It's we, unclear what the mechanism is. I guess it's just that, like, time, seeing yeah. nice deeds being performed maybe makes him Or, yeah, just spending remember his friends. time with them. Um, yeah. We see Kanga and Rue and Tigger as well, um, which I didn't know Kanga was in this game. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to someone on the Discord about how there's literally zero moms in this game, but there is this one. Uh, happy Mother's Day, Kanga. <laughs> they eventually end up in this like cavern thing. You're skipping the the whole the whole thing that we said we were gonna talk about before oh, we fuck. started recording. Oh um, yeah, there's the- all right. So after the Kanga and Rue scene. We cut, well, also he remembers Tigger. That's really the, the thing that matters in that scene, I guess, the way it's framed, um, under, undercutting the value of Kanga and Rue. But we do cut to a scene of Pooh eating in his house, and then his spirit astral projects into the ether. 
he's dream what he's doing is he's dreaming <laughs> but the way they choose to animate it is is they take uh is they have Pooh sitting there asleep, and then they have an out like a, a shadow, a, a a a transparent ghost of Pooh ascend and like flip around and like fly through the dream sleeve, and <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's basically that scene in Doctor Strange. Pooh goes up and he he's like teach me, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so he so he. What does my notes say? His floating essence views the ending of Kingdom Hearts 1 in 100 Acre Wood. Yeah. And he says, maybe I'll remember tomorrow. And then they all go to a spooky cave. Well, not... Uh, Pooh is, like, stuck in a spooky cave somewhere, and all his friends go to save him, but they're worried there might be a jaguar there, So, which is just a made-up thing. So they ask Sora to uh go along with them so that they can be brave enough to go into the spooky cave and find Pooh. Well, it's like a... It's like a turn on a kid not knowing how to say, like, Jaguar, right? Yeah, yeah, but I just want, like, we say a lot of made-up bullshit on this show, and I just wanted to make sure that, because I know there are listeners to this program who do not watch, uh, or, or rather, who have not played the Kingdom Hearts franchise, and I didn't want to just say Jaguar and have them think, like, oh, did I miss an episode? Is that a kind <laughs> of heartless? Uh, fair enough. But anyway, so that happens, and then at the end of that, Pooh does remember Sora. Sora is very glad. Pooh is glad they hold hands and they walk home because he's very hungry. Pooh, I mean, not Sora. Uh, Sora does not need sustenance to survive, as we've learned. There's a really sweet exchange of dialogue where it's right at the moment where Pooh starts remembering Sora. Pooh hears a a rumbling sound, and he's like, oh no, is that the jaguar? And Sora says, no, that's just your tummy rumbling. Let's go home and get you some honey. And Pooh says, I'd like that ever so much, Sora. And Sora says, you remembered. And Pooh says, I like it ever so much when you're cheerful, Sora. And, so- and Sora says, me too, Pooh. It's just so sweet. And I love it It's good. I like um, it. When the, I think one of the main reasons I just was adamant that we cover this at, last week when, like, we are considering skipping it is just because I really remember Kingdom Hearts 2's 100 Acre Wood super fondly because so the, the Kingdom Hearts 2 came out when I was like what uh came out in 2005 2006 yeah so I would have been like 14 mm-hmm. or 13 14 I guess um and I remember playing the 100 Acre Wood sections with one of my best friends like elementary school to about that age um before he moved to moved to a different state and like uh we were both playing it and like realizing how much we both liked Winnie the Pooh when we were kids and like he more than I but but regardless just just being at that age and admitting yeah I really do like this ki- this thing that's meant for kids it has emotional importance to me when you're 13 and 14 making those sort of admissions is kind of um forbidden mm-hmm. and i think it was an important growing moment for me as a person to realize and and be able to say like no i like these things i don't care if it's like uh, it, this is this was an important thing to me and and that that sort of thing even though it's like a kid thing i think was important in my uh maturity so mm-hmm. that's good Winnie the Pooh was, yeah. was good. It was a vital part of my childhood. I yeah. don't know if there was ever a moment where I didn't watch things made for kids. Yeah. Anyways, 
there is one last scene which uh is is this touching thing where they are i think there's a mini game first i don't know um based on what i yeah, was watching yeah you throw him off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> Pooh gets his head stuck in a i i can't remember how it worked Pooh gets his head stuck in a <laughs> pot of honey and you like uh hold him by his legs and like spin him around and then i don't know if you let him go or if just the pot flies off but i think you actually let him go and the pot and he and the pot go flying and you, they have to go flying far enough for the pot to break so that he can get his head out incredible so yeah. imagine that uh and then afterwards they're sitting on a log staring up at this extremely large moon it's kind of upsettingly large uh and it won't be the 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 last upsettingly large moon featured in this episode uh uh-huh uh and Pooh uh says uh can we make it so that sora can stay and sora says no but i'll I'll come back now and then Pooh's like how about now and and now um and sora says no it's okay um i'll always be with you right here and he you know does the thing where he touches Pooh's like chest heart area you know you've seen the film et i'm probably it's very heartwarming they promise that um they will always be with each other and also everyone else suddenly appears and they also promise who says he won't be sad he'll always have sore in his heart and so is like you'll always be in my heart everyone who's standing here and then he leaves title card it's cute. And you see the ripped up cover, because if you recall, the book was ripped up by the Heartless. You see the ripped up cover magically change into a new cover that features Sora sitting next to Pooh under that very same night sky. Wow. It's very cute. It is. What if we went to Twilight Town now? Let's do it. Let's go to Twilight Town. Goofy an- announces, as soon as they walk, they're walking through the train station. And Goofy says, I think we're almost there. And Sora's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he pulls out the picture and says that this must be why we're here, because we were given clues. He has this picture, which, if you don't remember, is a picture of Roxas with Painter Pinsnolet from the very beginning of the game. Uh, and they go off to find the mansion in that picture. And then they do. They find Hainer Pinsnolet passed out in front of the gates of the mansion. That looks bad. <laughs> yeah. Sora runs up to Run, runs past Pensinolet, fuck him, I guess, and just goes up to Hayner and says, hey, are, are you all right? What happened? And Hayner gets up and he says, this is where we get the first instance of my notes uh, autocorrecting to Carrie. But anyway, uh, it, it, what he actually says is, we came here looking for Kyrie, and then those white things attacked us. And Donald says, you got to be careful. And Sora says, yeah, you didn't have to go and do that. And Hayner says, sure we did. Kyrie is our friend too. And he stands up. Sora says, you're right. You know, I never thought of it like that before. And Hainer says, where it is, that mansion gets a lot of strange visitors. Uh, Olette says, we thought it might be a gateway to an alternate Twilight Town. Sora, what do you mean an alternate Twilight Town? Pence says, hey, Goofy, do you think we could see that crystal of yours? Olette kind of continues Pence's explanation and says, I made that pouch myself and I still have it, so you shouldn't have it. And Hainer says, and this is the trophy Cypher gave you. It just appears. I'm really upset <laughs> yeah, about true. this scene. Where, because it, where was it? It just cuts to Hainer holding this giant fucking trophy. And I'm like, all right, that's a little bit much for me. I'm sorry. 
And he says, you left it behind here, remember? And Olat says, it's the only one of its kind, and same for its crystals, but you've got one of your own. And Hainer says, so where'd you get it? And Goofy says, the pouch is from the king. Uh, he gave us money for the train ride. Uh, when he gave us money for the train ride, he gave us the pouch and the crystal too. And Pence says, but where did the king get it? And Hainer says, see, there's got to be another town out there like this one. That would explain why the king had another pouch and another crystal. Everything makes sense. And sort of says, it, it does? That's such a fucking logical leap. <laughs> Two things look alike. Must be alternate dimensions. Uh, Pence says, that other town must be where everything, f everything missing from here went. And Alette says, like Kyrie. I mean, they're wrong, but it leads them in the right direction, yeah. so I guess whatever. Uh, a whole bunch of dusks appear. Uh, Mickey flips into the scene. King Mickey flips into the scene and kills one of them, and they all uh, fight some nobodies. Wow. King Mickey's back. Yep. And after they win, Mickey says that, hey, I found the real Ansem, Ansem the Wise. Uh, he says that he snuck into Organization 13 Stronghold. Sora thinks he knows where Kyrie is, and Mickey's like, all right, well, why are you here then? Um, and Sora's like, well, we were given a clue to come back here. Mickey's like, who, who from? Goofy says that Sora thinks it was Riku. Um, and or Ricky, as my notes say. Uh-huh. Mickey's like, well, I mean, if, if that's what you feel, then okay. And Sora's like, hey, can you fucking tell me what's going on with my literal best friend, Riku? I'm very concerned about him. I think he <laughs> might be in Organization 13, which doesn't make any sense at all, because it's not true. Uh, and Mickey keeps dodging the question and looks away. Um, I noticed that Sora is sick of his bullshit. <laughs> um, and he says, tell me what you know. And Mickey's like, it's, it's not for me to say. I don't want to bake my... I don't want to bake my promise, is, is what I said. <laughs> you don't want to do that either. Um, he doesn't want to break his promise, which Sora's like, you made a promise to Riku, then he's okay! And Mickey's like, ah, oh, fuck. As you indicate, Sora kind of yells that line. And so after this, Riku no longer auto-completes for me to Ricky, but it does auto-complete to Riku in all caps. <laughs> so now, every time uh, Riku is mentioned, it's Riku! <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good bit. I'm looking forward uh, to that. Hainer says, who's Riku? <laughs> Sora says, uh, my best friend. And Pence says, that's it. And Alette says, your majesty, you got the pouch with the crystal from Riku, didn't you? And you promised not to tell, right? And Mickey says, gosh, guys. I guess he doesn't say gosh. He says, gosh. Gosh, guys. And Donald says, that's enough. Mickey Mouse, notably a bad liar. <laughs> Yeah, and Sora says, yeah, let's go. Uh, cut. <laughs> Carry Riku on our way. Oh, I'm like, it, I feel like a child that I'm laughing every single time because it's like. <laughs> it's funny every time. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they go into the mansion and, uh, oh God, I lost my place. I can take it. My notes, uh, I, don't, I do point out in my notes that Sora really misses his best friend who tried to kill him last year. <laughs> Look, that was a long time ago. They're only like they're they're young. A lot a year feels like a really long time ago. That's fair. Mickey, they enter the mansion, and Mickey says there's got to be a computer somewhere and a portal to the darkness around there somewhere as well. And Pence suggests that the computer might be connected to the alternate Twilight Town. They fight some nobodies in the mansion, uh, and they get down into the basement where they find the computer room we've seen before. And Sora says we found it. 
And Donald says, how does it work? And Pence says, I can handle it, because apparently Pence is a fucking computer hacker. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he sits down and he says, okay, here we go. Ah, and Hayner says, what's wrong? It's on Linux. (laughs) Pence says, it's running Windows 8. (laughs) I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with all of these tiles. No, he says, I can't go any further without a password. And Mickey says, any idea what the password might be? I, my Mickey voice has just got my ear. I told you this before. My ear is infected right mm-hmm. now, and I uh, just all of my voices are apparently contingent on my being able to hear my own voice. So I, I, I mean, I can tell that they're bad today. <laughs> I can't tell uh, what I need to do to make them closer. Um, Mickey asks if there's if uh, anybody has any idea what the password might be, and Goofy says, "Gorsh, well, we have this photo." And Donald says, and that sweet, salty ice cream. And Sora says, yeah, the one Donald ate up. Goofy says, it was in the box right next to the photo. And Mickey says, hey, that's it. Ansem the Wise loved ice cream. (laughs) And Penn says, okay, well, what's the name of the flavor? Sora walks Uh, away. Sora explores (laughs) the entire, like, every other possible room before telling Penn the ice cream. Jet Monkey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyways, uh, it's sea salt ice cream. We we know that. What were the one of the other options is like uh red pepper ice cream, <laughs> and it's like what game were you playing? Oh, um, but it works. That's the password. When he when Pence puts it in, a portal opens to Twilight Town Two, which we've seen that portal before, obviously in the Roxas sections. So they go through the portal. They get digitized. They get digitized. Um, they go into the digital zone, a different digital zone than the last time. But they immediately see the smashed computer that Roxas fucked up, and Sora says, this is Roxas's Twilight Town. Who is Roxas? We're not quite sure. <laughs> My notes just say Mickey Mouse voice Dark Realm, so I'm not sure what exactly Mickey Mouse says about the Dark Realm. He says there's gotta be an entrance to the Dark Realm somewhere. Oh, there has to be an entrance to the Dark Realm! Uh. They split up, I guess? It's in the next room. There's only one room they can go into. Yeah, they don't split up for very long. It's in there. Um, this is the room where Roxas fought Axel, if you remember, uh, from the game Kingdom Hearts 2. And they go in it. They go in the portal to the Dark Realm. And now we're back in the hyperbolic time chamber. We've seen this in a cutscene before. There's tons of, like, nobody symbols floating around in what might be an approximation of walls. Uh, so was I'm trying to remember where we saw this before. We saw this when like Pluto was jumping through yeah, portals, right? Rik- or, yeah, I think yeah, Riku was there. Riku was like leading Kyrie and uh, Pluto away right. from. Yep. Maybe it wasn't Riku, since now that we're about to find out where Kyrie went, I no longer am confident in anything about Kingdom Hearts Two. No, you're it. It would have been in that case, in that instance, I think. Mm. So, so it's all Riku's fault well, then. What happens to Kyrie? Riku helps her escape from Axel. Right? No? That's what yes. that's what we said a hundred years ago when we were yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's Riku's fault in the sense that she gets away from Axel and then later gets taken by Saix. Potentially. Riku, what are you doing, Bo? What are you doing? Something like that. I'm sure someone will correct us and I won't read the tweet. Um as long, hey, correct us all you want. Just don't do it in a fucking iTunes review, all right? That's not a good look. Uh, we do have an iTunes review that says Pete is a cat, for the record. It's a good review. It's all right. Let's see. 
so they enter the hyperbolic time chamber, and Sora says, what is this place? And Donald says, well, which way should we go? Sora calls for Riku and Kairi. Uh, he shouts their names. Uh, a whole bunch of nobodies appear, and they start fighting them, uh, but there's just too many. And Sora says, it's no use! <laughs> Thank you for indulging. You're welcome. Uh, uh, and then Axel shows up and says, don't stop moving or the darkness will overtake you. And he kills a whole bunch of nobodies and he says, get going. And Sora says, why? And Axel says, don't ask, just do it. Are you okay? Sora is not good at taking directions when people are trying to save him. No. Axel says, I kidnapped Kyrie, but she got away from me. After that, Syx caught her. He's a member of Organization 13. Syx got it memorized. No, go rescue her. Um, a whole bunch more nobodies appear. Uh, and then uh, Sora and Axel fight them together. They kill a whole bunch, but there's still too many. And Axel says, I think I liked it better when they were on my side. And Sora says, feeling a little regret? Ah, he says, feeling a little regret? I don't know why he says it that way. It might be a joke about the titles of these video games. Is it really? I, I mean, it's probably not. It's probably just a weird line oh. reading. But he says, regret? He really Feel holds that. a little that. regret? He really holds that. I don't know why. It's good. Also, I do want to point out in this scene, Axel, one of Axel's battle cries is, it's no use. Or at least it, re <laughs> it's no use. it really sounds like it if it's not. <laughs> but God, it's so good if it is. So yeah, that scene happens, uh, and he asks if he's feeling regret, and Axel says, No, nah, I can handle these punks. Watch this. That's literally just Sonic the Hedgehog I'm doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Axel jumps off, er, er, jumps towards the nobodies, and summons a bunch of fire, and he just kind of explodes with his whole being. They're all, they're all gone now. He did it. Um, but it doesn't really work out, because we now see Axel is fading away. And Sora's like, You're fading away! And Sora's sad. Um, he probably doesn't really understand why he's sad. And Axel's like, Axel apologizes for doing what he did to uh, Kyrie. And Sora's like, you can apologize. He, he explains that the reason he's fading away is because he put all of his being yeah. into an attack, even though nobodies don't have a being. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sora says, that. I don't know why I said that like I didn't give a shit about what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, and then he apologizes yeah. for what he did to Kyrie. <laughs> and yeah, and Sora's like, you can apologize yourself when we save her. And Axel says, I don't know. I don't think my heart's going to be in it. And we hear a rim shot uh, off, off camera. And um, Sora's like, why did you do all that shit anyway? And Axel's like, I wanted to bring Roxas back. He was the only person who made me feel like I had a heart. It's weird. You kind of make me feel like that too. Um, what, wonder what that could mean. And he says, Kyrie's in the castle dungeon. Now go! And he opens a portal, and then he's, he's dead. Um, and the goof troop carry on, and, like, this scene doesn't really properly carry the weight that it actually has. It's kind of, mm, it's... I don't know. I mean, it's... I, I think it's pretty heavy. <laughs> it just feels like they just move on immediately. Yeah, I guess they don't, they don't reference, they don't reference it later, but no. sort of seems pretty distraught in the moment, and, like, yeah. Axel's lines about Roxas or I don't know I, I think yeah I think you're right in that like the 
structurally the rest of it doesn't maybe support it but i think on on it on, on its, its own, own yeah. in a vacuum the scene works i just felt like immediately i was writing notes about the next scene and i was like, this feels weird yeah we forgot about uh, an ans an ansom report yeah um, i was just gonna i was this. just gonna say that the emotional weight of that scene is kind of addressed and a, a final mix cut scene we'll get in like 20 minutes if we don't call it sooner but yeah it's a report yeah. 10 are you doing that one or am i um i can do 10 okay I'll get the next one that we'll get again in like 20 minutes. This is Secret Ansem's Report 10. Sora went to sleep in order to recover the memories he had lost in Castle Oblivion. It would take quite some time to bring back all the memories he had created in his lifetime. But Organization 13 held sway over Castle Oblivion. Sora would need to be kept someplace more secure. I persuaded Namine to move the slumbering Sora to Twilight Town for safekeeping. Namine. As I have written before, she is a most unusual being. Born of the same process as a nobody, but lacking virtually all the elements of a nobody. Perhaps she continues drawing in hopes of capturing that which she lacks. The memories of others, especially Sora. I have arrived at a hypothesis. I believe that Namine was born of a special type of nobody when Sora attacked himself with the Keyblade, causing his and Kairi's hearts to leave their bodies simultaneously. Namine emerged as Kairi's nobody, but the body and soul necessary to exist as a nobody belonged to Sora. When a person's heart is stolen, a heartless is born with no sense of self, and the body and soul left behind give rise to a nobody. But what if one willingly releases one's own heart from one's body? Sora and Zehanort retained their selfhood even after becoming heartless. Then, there are Kairi and Namine. Kairi was exceptional for having had no darkness within her heart. Also exceptional was that her heart, once freed, migrated to a new vessel, Sora. The combination of the two theoretically unlikely exceptions may be behind this anomaly. There are matters I must to attend to while Sora is sleeping. A new ally has appeared... <laughs> I was doing so well, Joe. <laughs> a new ally has appeared on the scene, Riku. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at Snapchat. I've been Snapchatting this whole time. That's fun. It's a, is it fun over there? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, tell me about it. Uh, I Snapchatted Jory, and I was like, "Is it illegal to record podcasts without pants on?" And um, <laughs> I've done that so many times. Yeah, and he says, "If so, I have bad news about every episode of We Are." <laughs> Um, that was a really interesting answer report, though. I, I, uh, I was listening to most of it, and it's, it's actually some really good information in there about some really c confusing shit. Yeah. And it, it's more complicated than Ansem thinks uh, because of reasons that are not available to us at this moment. But, yeah, where were we in the actual plot? Uh, well, they are just stepping out of oh, the yeah, and portal that Axel made. They go into, uh, into Blade Runner. Yep, they. Uh, oh, I don't think we get that yet. I think we get the organization thirteen. You, scene you first. are correct. I was misreading my notes. When you said you are, have have you seen? <laughs> this will date me a little bit. The answer is probably no. Have you seen the Star Wars gangster rap? Ooh, I mean, I probably have. I've seen a lot of bad nerds make rap music in my days. It was like a pre-YouTube, it was like a Flash animation, probably mm. Newgrounds is where it started or something. It might even be, I don't know. Um, and anyway, 
it reminds me of uh the opening of that which is Darth Vader and the emperor rapping and and it's they're g- saying it's not the north or the south side no it's not it's not the east or the <laughs> west side no it's not it's the dark side you are correct <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is my, you're bidding my master it's a disaster Skywalker we're after but if he could be turned to the dark side he could make a powerful ally another dark Jedi we got Death Star we got Death Star we got Death Star and to all you Vader haters out there we'll blow your planet up <laughs> I'm glad we have evolved beyond singing wheels and gotten to rapping wheels <laughs> um, I have a feeling that what you just did has is better than what has aged over a decade Oh, I am sure that if you go back there, you'll probably find some, uh, I, I, I don't remember examples of this, but I'm sure there's some hatred in, in that video somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, wow. another, so we get an Organization 13 final mix scene where they're in the throne room, but more importantly, we get another very good auto, <laughs> autocomplete. Uh, didn't quite know what to do with Zigbar uh, and did change his name to two words. Dig bar. <laughs> uh, Zigbar says, The house is look. Wait, what's his voice like? The house is looking pretty empty, huh? I thought I'd get. I thought I'd get at least a little enjoyment watching Axel throw his last tantrum. It went a lot quieter than I thought. Luxord says, Perhaps he was ready for it. Perhaps he put his existence on the line and won what he had been longing for. Boo! Zinkmar says, wait a minute, how would that even be possible? We don't even exist anymore, remember? What are you saying? What you're saying goes against the laws of nature. And Luxord says, well, maybe he bet on his non-existence. You suck! Either way, he came out a winner. Fuck! Oh, Axel, a grifter to the end. Luxord sucks sword! And Sayek says, that's absurd. He won nothing and is nothing. He couldn't stand the emptiness of being without a heart, and that led to his demise. He was foolish and weak. I never liked him anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And Xemnas speaks up at this point and says, But weakness has the power to awaken that which is dormant. It is clear that through his actions, however foolish they may have been, Axel has touched Sora's heart. Perhaps he will soon awaken. And when Xemnas says he, we get a cut of an empty chair directly across to Xemnas. He means Lanky Kong, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is an all cap. Um, that makes me think of Lanky Kong. Anyways, <laughs> uh, what happens after that? Goof Boys then arrive in the cyberpunk city. And Mickey is now here. Not really sure where he went in the whole fucking scene that happened a minute ago. That's a good point. But Mickey's back now. Um, and we get a title card for the world that never was. Weird name for a city. Uh, but let's do it, kids. We're in it. Kyrie's in the dungeon, so we have to go get to that castle. And off they go. Sora fights a bunch of Heartless until he gets to this tall skyscraper, which we have seen before in some flashbacks. Uh, and the secret cut scene at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, we finally made it. Um, and we see some, like, lightning flash up, and the, pan- the camera pans up to see this giant moon, which is heart-shaped. It's kind of obnoxious, but I love it. Oh, it's so cool. 
it's it's ridiculously good. Uh, Donald and Goofy yell, and Sora looks back, and they're like being stopped by some nobodies. And Sora turns around and sees this figure, a, a black cloak, come out of a portal. And this is a little bit smaller than the ones we usually see. And uh, it summons a Keyblade, and it's one that we recognize. It's Oblivion uh, from Kingdom Hearts 1. I don't know if you've played it. And Sora says, a, a Keyblade! And he defends against it with his own. And suddenly they, they teleport, the two of them, to a stained glass platform that we've seen before. It's the one of Sora. It's blue. Um, with all of it's, the one Ro- it's, it's the one Roxas did his tutorial on. Yep. And uh, this, this cloak now has Oathkeeper and Oblivion together. And uh, they start fighting. And some really sad music is playing. And uh, this character is voiced by Jesse McCartney. And it's not just some sad music. It is the sad music that plays in the, like, I guess my summer vacation is over scene. Yes. So if you can put two and two together, you might figure out uh, the fact that it's Jesse McCartney, the fact that he wields a keyblade, the fact that it's where Roxas has been before. You might put two and two together that this yeah. is Roxas. Uh, my notes my notes have some, like, I don't know if you've, if, if the listeners at home have heard um, the really long episode of Objectively Good that we did. We talked a lot about some of the, like, uh, different ways you can read Roxas's plotline, but my notes do say, can you imagine fighting the person who you were supposed to be? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the physical manifestation of an ideal that you'll never live up to. Anyways, yeah. Sora asks, who are you? And they reply, someone from the dark. <laughs> Which is an interesting line to hear Jesse McCartney say. And Sora's like, you can't be Riku. And uh, Roxas says, I defeated a Riku once. And then, t- I don't know what this line even actually means. It says, tell me, why, why did he pick you? Uh, my notes actually just say why he picked you. I did miss a word. Yeah, um, he says, "Tell me why he picked you." Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Whom? <laughs> We're gonna have to dive into that later. Um, what does it? Mean? I have no idea what that means. I don't know. Is he God? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's talking. To the body, and it's like, why is that the one that's important? Why is that the one that Sora belongs in? Who fucking knows? I this could be really deep, or it could be really shallow. Anyways, they do some fighting and some gymnastics, and uh, Roxas says, "I see, that's why." And he proceeds, and like he gets the upper hand on Sora, ooh, and uh, smashes the bef- fuck out of him. Before before we get there, when he says, "I see, that's why," um, the shot we're getting is of Sora. St- so if you recall, when we were at this the dive to the heart stained glass thing before with Sora, we had images of Riku, Kairi, Donald, and Goofy, and maybe Mickey also in the stained glass in like little circles. And Sora is standing in the middle of all of those figures when Roxas says like, I see that's why. So like mm. he's recognizing that Sora's connection to his friends makes him stronger. Yeah. That's deep and meaningful. Roxas had a pretty strong connection to his friends, maybe more meaningful. Anyways, <laughs> they, so after, after that happens, um, Roxas does get the upper hand and just smashes the fuck out of Sora. Like, Sora's trying to defend with his one Keyblade, um, but Goofy's not here, so he can't do Valor for him and get a second one. And um, he loses his, his footing and, like, slips onto one knee, goes in slow motion while it happens. Uh, Roxas has, like, one of his Keyblades stabbed down on top of Sora, so he can't use it. Um, but... Sora, in, in this moment, summons his Keyblade back to his hand, stands up really quick, and then uh, slashes Roxas down. Uh, and then we're going to go look at a couple flashbacks. 
uh, of Roxas. The first one we see, well, actually, this is the only flashback, uh, but we see this. We see Roxas wake up in front of the mansion. We can assume this is where his existence begins, and a cloak appears out of a uh, darkness portal, and we hear Zemnis' voice say, you seek answers. My, vo- my notes say, you see answers? I'm assuming he said seek. <laughs> I hope you didn't say anything funny before that because my the call completely cut out for me. Uh, so if you said a very funny joke and I didn't laugh at it, that's why. Um, I, don't, I don't make jokes here. I just mess up and then you laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> Zimnus summons the letters S. It's funny because S- it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Zimnus summons the letters S. It's not S- actually true. Zimnus summons the letters S-O-R-A. Uh, and he says, you feel nothing and nothing is real, but I can give you purpose. And uh, the letters start spinning around Roxas until Zemnis raises his hand and they stop with a big old X in between. And it spells out Roxas. And Zemnis says, the new you, <laughs> which is uh, funnier out of context than it was in context. Have you seen, uh, have, I t- have I watched Brain Dead with you? I don't the- think so. I don't know what that is. Nobody does because it's some weird movie I stumbled upon that no one has ever seen in their entire lives. Um, there's another movie called Brain Dead, which is more well known, but also not known at all. There's a Peter Jackson movie also called Brain Dead, but there's a B movie called Brain Dead that is super important to me because it's it's the wild. It's it's actually like very good is actually kind of why I like it. <laughs> um, but there's a, a line that's also in the trailer where. Uh, someone just says, the new you, and it sounds exactly like how Zemnis says it here. Um, you can cut all that out. It's not funny to anyone but me. Um, <laughs> we we get a shot of, of like Roxas looking up at Zemnis's face in the cloak, which is kind of weird, actually, to see a face in the hood. But yeah. then we, we, we cut away to what at first might seem like a flashback, but it's not. Um, I think both of these scenes are... Well, this entire fucking segment is Final Mix. Roxas, Sora and Roxas do not fight. In uh, original Kingdom Hearts 2. You get a cutscene of them fighting in I don't even original. fucking remember that. But it sounds right. Anyways, so this next scene we see is Roxas and Axel sitting on the clock tower in Twilight Town. Uh, Axel says, uh, soon we won't be able to talk like this anymore. And Roxas says, is it time for me to go back to where I belong? Um, and Axel says that uh, he's, been, he's been thinking a lot about what Namine said to them. And um, uh, what she said is, or no, he asks uh, Roxas, are you sure you don't have a heart that we all don't? Or is that just wishful thinking? And Roxas doesn't know. Uh, and he's like, you can't just look inside. We don't have doctors in this universe. Uh, but if that, what if a nobody just went to a fucking doctor? <laughs> I don't think they're talking about the physical muscle that pumps blood throughout the body. Have we addressed that, though? <laughs> <laughs> Not to break up this incredibly touching and sad cutscene, but like game theory. Anyways, yeah, Axel says, "Yeah, I, I guess not." And Roxas says, "But if there is something in there inside us, then we'd feel it, wouldn't we?" And if so, nah, never mind. And Axel says, "Come on, don't leave me hanging." And Roxas says, "Sora will find the answer we're looking for. I know he will, cause." He's me. And Axel says, true enough. Axel hands Roxas a sea salt ice cream bar, and he has one for himself, and they both start eating them. And Axel says, man, I miss the old times. Still got it memorized? That day we met, when you got your new name, you and I sat right here. We watched the sunset. 
Roxas says, yeah, this place feels like home. Me, Hayner, Pence, Alette, we've shared a lot of adventures. And Axel says, you'll see them again. I know you will. Roxas, yeah, you're right. Well, I should go. Sora's waiting for me. Axel says, yeah, I suppose he is. Man, this is some good ice cream. <laughs> uh, and then Roxas sort of disappears into a flash of light. Uh, we see a, uh, well, he starts to disappear, and he says, and Roxas says, take care, all right? And Axel says, right back at you, buddy. Uh, we see, like, a single tear fall and turn into light. And He's crying, I'm crying, and they yeah. fade away. For some reason, when you said, man, this is some good ice cream, it sounded like a non sequitur, and you had just stopped voicing the, the actual cutscene. That's uh, what he says, though. I know. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sad about Kingdom Hearts, y'all. It's a yeah. good video game. I don't know if y'all knew. Have we, like... All right, we've been coy this whole game, but for listeners that might not know Kingdom Hearts, have we, like, directly addressed outside of an Ansem report that Roxas is sore as nobody? No, we have not. <laughs> okay, well, now it's, like, obvious, right? Yeah. There you go, everybody. We did it. From when, uh, from when Sora... As mentioned in the previous Ansem report from when Sora used the Keyblade on himself in Kingdom Hearts 1. Yep, and it's uh, really weird for a lot of reasons. Um, Ansem talked about the whole Kyrie's heart being in there, but uh, it's also weirder than that. Stay tuned, Kingdom Hearts gets buck wild. My next note says Clocked Roxas Stumbles. Um, which <laughs> I don't know what I, that means. I, um, I I now know what that means uh, because we did go back to the scene where Sora had just hit Roxas. But the fact that like just the the syllables together clocked Roxas stumbles is like kind of a bar. <laughs> I really like it. It's a really good like combination of sounds. Clocked Roxas stumbles and Sora sees his face now out of the hood. I mean uh, that whole thing you just said is quite a line. Roxas looks back to Sora. And says, you make a good other. And now we see Sora back in front of the skyscraper. Uh, and he repeats, you make a good other. What happened? Uh, no, that's Goofy says that. What happened? As, he <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> as they're now back. And uh, Goofy says that Sora just disappeared. Um, and that the two of them had to fight nobodies. And Sora says that he remembers Roxas saying he beat Riku. And yet that's bugging him. But Donald's like, no one could beat Riku. That's not what Donald sounds like. Well, also, before we even get there, uh, Sora says, oh, he said he defeated Riku. And Donald says, uh, who? And Sora says, the guy in the black coat. Mm. And then Donald says, nobody could defeat Riku. And Sora says, yeah, you're right. And Goofy says, a black coat means Organization 13. He must have just been trying to trick you. And Donald says, that's probably why we couldn't see him. And Sora's like, what? What? <laughs> uh, and Donald says you must be tired Sora and Goofy says come on let's find a way to get into that castle yeah and we get secret entry report number 8 alright I'm gonna get myself a drink you have fun <laughs> it's, it's not a joke I'm very thirsty alright it appears that I have been too distracted by the behavior of Xehanort and his cohorts and the events occurring in their vicinity my friends struggle to protect the realm of light from the threat of the heartless is now over with Xehanort's heartless going by the name Ansem seeker of darkness Defeated at last. The other wielder of the Keyblade, this hero, traveled from world to world, sealing up keyholes and laying Heartless low? 
That's a weird turn of phrase. Meanwhile, the king, who had dived into the realm of darkness, worked with the keyblade-wielding hero to close the door to Kingdom Hearts from the realms of both darkness and light, thus holding off the threat of tremendous darkness. But there are still a great number of Heartless afoot, and Organization 13 and the Nobodies continue to be active in the shadows. Indeed, the world is a very dangerous place. We must find a way to do battle with these enemies. Thus, I will both make amends and have my revenge. It is for this reason that I infiltrated Castle Oblivion. It consists of 13 floors above and 12 floors... <laughs> oh, you're back. <laughs> uh -huh. It consists of 13 floors above and 12 floors below ground, with the contents of its white rooms transforming in response to its visitors' memories. Organization 13 was conducting experiments on memory here. The subject in these experiments, a girl named Namine, appeared to possess extremely unusual abilities. Were they attempting to derive something from these powers? Refusing to be distracted by Organization 13. That's not fucking true, man. Refusing to be distracted <laughs> by Organization 13, I had returned to my own secret research when a new visitor appeared at the castle today. It was Sora, the Keyblade-wielding hero who had defeated Ansem and his companions. Deep underground, the stench of darkness arose. <laughs> all the players are coming together, it would seem. And they all smell very bad. <laughs> that last line I made up. Um, we're starting to figure out who Ansem the Wise is, huh? The, the, the pieces are there if you want to line them up. We won't say it until the game says it. But uh, that happens. We have one more scene here today. Longer episode. Uh, but they go forward. Sora, Goof Troop. I guess, is Mickey back? What the fuck is Mickey doing? He's there. He's there. They reach a dead end. They go, like, they keep walking, and it's like the road just stops, but they see the castle directly ahead of them. What the fuck are they going to do? Who knows? We, see, we go to a different cutscene of Kyrie in a cell, it looks like, with Pluto. And she runs to the bars because she hears someone walking, and it's Syax. And Kyrie's like, what are you going to do with us? And Syax says that she is the fire that feeds Sora's anger. And he leaves. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck. Sora's in danger because of me. We see Pluto barking at the wall because uh, he's a dog. That's what dogs fucking do. Um, no. <laughs> a, a darkness portal appears on the wall. And we see Namine on the other side uh, reaching out. And Namine says probably the best line in all of Kingdom Hearts when she says, believe in yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because she is herself. <laughs> Video games. Uh, Kyrie reaches out, and when they hold hands, a light shines, uh, and it's so bright, in fact, that Sora can see it from where he's standing. Um, that's not a joke. That's what actually happens. We cut back to Sora, and he sees this light shining, and he summons his keyblade, holds it up to the sky. It shines, blasts a light as it tends to do, and uh, a light bridge to the castle appears. And he says, Kyrie, we're almost there. Just like us, we're almost at the end of this game. Yeah, we might be able to get it all in the next episode. <laughs> Maybe not. There's a lot of fucking shit that gets unloaded at the end of Kingdom Hearts. Yep. Okay, we did it. Let's do this right. thing we do at the end of every episode. Where are you on the internet, Wheels? Twitter.com slash the Travis W. And a tabletop role-playing game podcast called Very Random Encounters. You just sing everything now. It's such a it's a it's a good brand. I'm not complaining. Thanks. Uh, is that all you got? Yeah, 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 I think so. Okay, I'm on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O. Uh, you can find my other podcast, Objectively Good, a video game discussion and critique podcast. 
and uh, we are watching One Piece anime rewatch podcast. Uh, I've also been doing dumb shit on Twitch and then occasionally uploading it to YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. You can find pretty much anything I'm up to. Uh, but you can follow this show on Twitter at MemorizeCast. Um, you can, in our, in our description, in the show notes to this or on our pinned tweet, you can find a link to our Discord server, which is awesome. Great. Fun times. We opened up a new channel specifically for Kingdom Hearts 3 news because there's been a ton of it um, these past couple days and it's not slowing down anytime soon. I'm very terrified, actually. Um, uh, you can also find a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash memorizedcast. Uh, doing some fun stuff over there. I want to thank everybody again for backing that if you do. Um, or if you're just listening at home and you're not giving us any money, thanks too. That's a lot that I'm, I'm grateful for. You've made it I mean, we've been doing this almost a fucking year now, so. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, it still feels like my new show. Yeah, but it's, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, I can't believe I've been, I, I think about Kingdom Hearts like three times a week, and I've been doing that for a goddamn year. Uh, that's wild. Uh, so thanks, everybody. It's better that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for sticking it out with us. Well, I'm excited to do a different goddamn game soon. Um, it is unfortunately recoded that's next. Um, after that, 358, right? That's right. Our theme music is a remix of Dearly Beloved by Lag Day, courtesy of Game Chops. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention with the Patreon, we've been recording, uh, our first stretch goal was the, the tabletop RPG of Interstitial. We've been recording that. It's going to be really fucking awesome. Our, I think we've pretty much solidified our plans now that we're going to record the entire show, produce the entire show, give all of it to patrons at once. Any patron, dollar and up patron. Um, and then slowly release it, like, I think one episode a week for everyone else. That's um, right. And by interstitial, you mean interstitial colon our hearts intertwined, the game our friend Riley made that is a Kingdom Hearts-inspired tabletop role-playing game. Uh, yes. Powered by the Apocalypse. It's really, really fun to play, and I'm really, really enjoying what's happening with uh, the story that we're telling so far. Uh, so look forward to that. I just get to act like an asshole because of the character I'm playing is very it's, good. But all right, but there's an emotional arc to that asshole, and that's in itself really impressive. Uh, thanks. So yeah, um, look forward to that. We also have other fun stuff: monthly bonus episodes, movie nights, etc. You get episodes early if you back the Patreon. I opened up our highest tier to more people, which is very stupid, and no one should do it. But if you wanted to do it, um. It, it is me mailing out signed pictures of Organization 13 members. Wait, uh, you mentioned the movie night. Is that this weekend? That's tonight, Wheels. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I can do it. Okay. I mean, you made up the, the times that people voted for. Yeah, um, I just didn't remember what, what won the poll. Yep. Uh, cool. We're going we're gonna to watch an extremely goofy movie tonight because everyone wanted our monthly bonus episode to be a commentary track of a goofy movie. So we're following the trend. Uh, last thing that I should mention is that our email address is memorizedcast at gmail.com um, we don't know what our last answer report for this game is really going to look like yet but if you send in questions we'll probably get to them and I think that's it that was 100 Acre Wood Twilight Town for the 12th time and the start of the world that never was got, got it memorized
welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts.